My name is Jesse Starcher. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Source Material Comics Podcast. That was like the most backward intro I think I could do, but hey. We're already off we'll to do. a terrible start. Yes, it's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I haven't even started yet. Yeah, there's Evan Bevins. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to be discussing Billionaire Island tonight right here on the Source Material Comics Podcast. I am Jesse Starcher, and joining me this evening, one Mark Radlich. Mark Radlich, you're number yeah, one, buddy. buddy. What do you What do you got to say about it? Are you Are you ready to talk some Billionaire Island? Are you ready to talk I, some Mark Russell? I am. I love Mark Russell. <laughs> I just think he's the best. I enjoy his comics. I I think I I enjoy him more than I really do, just because I know how much he tweaks Ronnie Adams' nipples wherever you are. <laughs> I, uh, I like legitimately enjoy like the Flintstones one that we did. And this billionaire yep. Island was right in that same vein. Like, even if I don't necessarily agree with him all the way politically, and I know Evan doesn't cause Evan, you know, is like a right wing evangelical conservative, uh, <laughs> woman hating. He, he, he was, he was there in Texas when they voted against abortion. I um, like, women. I, <laughs> I think that's just your only takeaway from the entire rant. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I understand that uh, that among the three of us, I'm the commie liberal here, but I don't always agree with Mark Russell. But despite that, I still find, you know me, Jesse, I like anything with a point of view. Sure. I, I, I like anything that's saying something. I have enough ego integrity that I can disagree with something and still enjoy it. And I think that's why I particularly enjoy Mark Russell. So I'm excited to talk Billionaire Island because, boy, does this have a point of view. Oh, man, does it ever. Does it ever. Well, you heard Mark mention him there and you heard his voice that's evan bevins evan bevins mark russell i mean real quick just to kind of uh, we'll start things off here and mark kind of talked about his little bit of history with mark russell how about you evan bevins what do you know about mark russell i think i read uh, the flintstones booster gold crossover okay, and, okay. um we read that, that was the thing that happened yeah. uh, but <laughs> then, then uh, mark said hey uh, I, can't, I don't know if i can get anybody else to read billionaire island with me and i'm like well if uh, if mark russell couldn't get me to rethink my entire outlook on life and faith with the Flintstones and Booster Gold, I'm probably pretty safe to uh, to venture into this territory. <laughs> I did read more Mark Russell than I thought because I didn't realize yeah. he was the guy that did the Wonder Twins comic. That's right. Yeah, and and how I remember hearing a little bit about that. How old is that? Like, is that a few years old? It's just a couple years old. When when Brian Michael Bendis came over to DC, they said, "Hey, you can do Superman and other stuff." And um, he did this line of comics called Wonder Comics that uh, I mainly got into because he brought back Young Justice that was actually Young Justice, not really good cartoon Teen Titans like the mm -hmm. Young Justice show. The Wonder Twins, I mean, hey, anybody that tries to make a go of the Wonder Twins, I, I'll, I'll give that a shot. And it was it was pretty good. It's no Squirrel Girl, but uh, it, it was mm. it was entertaining. They had them basically <laughs> Take as a drink, a, everybody. That's a you got you got to edit in now. That's the bingo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it had the Wonder Twins as interns for the Justice League. Okay. And so so that, that, that was pretty good. I grabbed a few of those uh, on sale from Comixology. You know, yeah, at first I was like, wait a minute, is this the guy that has the uh, buddy comedy about Jesus and a superhero? I don't know if I'm going to go there. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read Billionaire Island, and if, if all else fails, I can just rant about how much I hated it. But uh, that, that's not what happened. <laughs> you can go back in the archives and listen to probably my first exposure to Mark Russell, where we definitely talked about his run on the Flintstones, which was 
extremely interesting. Uh, and a lot of a lot of topics came up in that. A lot of good discussion. Was he responsible for Snaggle Snagglepuss? Yes. Ooh, okay. okay. Oh, and he did the he did the reboot of Prez. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've never read I, it, but I've heard. I read that, that too. Good. I've got a uh, Prez to clean up this mess bumper sticker hanging up uh, somewhere <laughs> around here. That's amazing. If we if if theme if theme weeks and months weren't remember when we used to have fun, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> remember back when, in the day <laughs> remember when this didn't feel like a soul crushing job and podcasting oh. was fun and we did we just we were just like hippies you know we huh. didn't play by the rules or anything we just jesse and i evan i don't know if you know this or not but jesse and i used to just get naked and dance in the periwinkles and do yeah. things like alan mormon remember that i remember that oh my gosh i remember getting from hell from the library and then proceeding to have to rent a forklift to get it to the house <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we dedicated an entire month to Onslaught? Oh, that was fun. Oh, I that was, was there. a lot of fun. Yeah, my, I was going to say Evan was for the, uh, in there for that one. So. so my point, my point is like, back, you know, if we could still have fun, we can't anymore. There's no fun to be had in podcasts. None. It's all, it's all work. But if we could have fun here. again, I would totally do like a Mark Russell month. Okay. Well, I mean, we definitely have. An, there's there's a couple good podcasters. I think a couple of good podcasters. There's a couple guys out there I listen to. You might have heard of them, Josh and Chuck of. Uh, uh, stuff my, I should know. My friend Chuck? Chuck not Ninesling? my friend Chuck. No, no, not not Chuck Ninesling. This is uh, <laughs> no. Josh and Chuck. Uh, they uh, do Stuff You Should Know, which is probably one of the most popular podcasts out there. But anyway, they have these uh, suites, they call them. So okay. this right here, this is a Mark Russell entry to the Mark Russell suite. Oh, okay. we have so there you go. We have uh, we have Exit Stage Left, Snagglepuss, and we have the Flintstones. We have also we actually have like I'm sure we're probably closing in if we want to do five days worth of Mark Russell content. It's probably somewhere out there. We're oh, talking about crap. it. He wrote Red Sonia. He wrote a Red Sonia series. Oh wow! I did not know that. Ke- okay. Keep in mind that I I just listed off nine comics of his that I read that I didn't know he wrote. So <laughs> All right, so okay. Okay, so he, he talked about Prez, that one that um, Evan talked about. The Flintstones, which we, we covered. Snagglepuss, which we talked about. The Wonder Twins, which he talked about. Yep. Second Coming, which is yep. uh, from Ahoy. That's what he uh, was talking about earlier. The, the Jesus pals around with a superhero. And apparently he's writing Fantastic Four Life Story. But he's also well, done right. Red, Red Sonia, Judge Dredd Under Siege, and The Lone Ranger, The Devil's Rope, and Superman versus Imperious Lex. Oh, interesting. Now, right, I'll, sh- I'll shut up now. Well, the, the thing is, is that I sit there and I wonder about like <laughs> this type of humor making it into a Superman versus Imperious Lex comic and what that would be like yeah, that would be strange lex but, is an evil billionaire you know that's true that's true evan didn't you mention like weren't you talking about oh, one of the ones he just mentioned on that list the uh, fantastic four life story, life story. You, yeah yeah you they, talking uh, about that. go ahead I, did, I didn't realize he was writing that one either but um yeah chip zadarsky who jesse and i talked about or will talk about depending on when that uh lost source <laughs> material airs talked about his work on daredevil but he wrote spider-man life story which was a look at spider-man through the decades if he had aged in real time yeah yeah and, uh, so they're doing a, a fantastic four uh, one so yeah i could i could definitely see uh mark russell having having fun with different themes throughout the the decades for sure well so this drops in 2020 it's coming from ahoy comics the creative team we already talked about mark russell art by steve Pugh, colors by chris chuckry 
letters by Rob Steen. What we're going to do tonight is I'm going to give a, uh, a somewhat short synopsis here. We're going to do divide it up two issues apiece, and pretty much we're just going to talk about uh, you know our favorite parts of what we get in this book. Which trust me, the story is about as thin as you can get. But the world, <laughs> the world that this story happens in, we get a lot to look at. So, but here we go. Here we go. That synopsis is coming up, but first let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com W2Mnetwork, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com W, the number 2M network for that free 30-day trial. So issues one and two, it is 2044 and the world has taken a turn for the worse as the rich have become richer while the poor have become poorer. Billionaire executives have been looking for refuge from the worries of the world and it just so happens there's a place, Freedom Unlimited, a man-made island in the Gulf of Mexico that was created by social media corporate mogul Rick Canto. The island provides a haven for billionaires and thanks to being in international waters, a lot of laws do not apply. Recently, Rick has fallen into the sights of a grief father by the name of Trent, whose family was helping some refugees. Rick's company, uh, I think it's Agricorp, sent some food to help out. However, the corn and grain was laced with an experimental virus designed to sterilize the refugees in order to forward Canto's vision of stabilizing the population. Mark, does that sound familiar? Because I think <laughs> we were talking <laughs> Secret <laughs> Service. <if I'm laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yep. Uh, unfortunately, the virus was unstable and killed scores of people, including Trent's wife and child. Now Trent plans to visit Freedom Unlimited for a little heart-to-heart. But when he arrives at the island, he is immediately attacked and arrested. Reporter Shelley Bly has picked up on the story and goes to investigate, and Rick convinces her to come with him to Freedom Unlimited where he can speak with her more about the incident. But once he gets there, he immediately throws her into a prison that resembles a hamster cage filled with people that have crossed Canto in the past, leaving Shelly scrambling to find a way out. After getting the feel for the prison, Shelly figures out a way to escape, taking a fellow prisoner by the name of Flynn with her. They make their way out of the facility only to find themselves at the edge of the island. Now, let me tell you something. That is about as dry as a synopsis as this can be for the story that happens within these pages. I would have been sitting here probably for another five minutes talking about maybe five, maybe 10 talking about the world of 2044 and what Mark Russell puts upon these pages. That's my first note. Like the plot of this book is really thin. Really. It just comes to down to a guy wanting to kill an, a corporate executive because of the wrongs that they've done succeeding. And then going back to the, real world and finding out that uh, he didn't really make much of a difference. But there is so much hilarity and just extreme uh, situations that the world is in because of what Mark Russell is putting to pay, uh, putting on the page here. So my final part of that sentence is it is bursting, Mark Radlich, bursting with commentary. So these first two issues... I love this book, first of all. I thought it was very funny. Like, the theme of it, Mark Russell's point is people in general, I think people by and large, he seems to believe, don't actually want to fix things. What oh, no. they want is what they want. And it's not just, like, the richest people, right? Let, let, let me just take a very small example. Like, people who drive SUVs or even, like, Hummers, right? Yep. No matter how many times you say to them, these are actively working against things in 
in our in our best nature. They add towards climate change. They add towards fossil fuse, uh, fossil fuel uh, usage and abuse, and that all then plays into climate change. These things are not necessary. It isn't necessary for you to drive a military grade vehicle to go get groceries. <laughs> That's right. Clearly, <laughs> um, you don't drive in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and even in you know to to a degree, like an SUV, people have argued. I think for just for the sake of conversation, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very direct about this. But please know listeners my my personal arguments are more nuanced than this but what mark russell is saying is like you drive an suv you drive a hummer these aren't necessary you can do the same amount of things you need to do in your life with a smaller less climate less climate impact car right right and it's like i hear what you're saying but i want it so i'll create conditions where i can have it and then try to avoid the consequences of my decisions and isn't that what's happening in this book is you have you know billionaire island is we have we all have enough money to where we can go to a place where we can do what we want to do and avoid the consequence the natural consequences of what it is that we're doing (laughs) and if the rest of the world falls into the ocean we don't care right because right. we because we have the money and the resources to just take care of ourselves and it's like yes but you have the money and the resources to also fix the problem but that's not what i want jesse starcher what right. i want is a sandwich because <laughs> i <laughs> made of gold yes <laughs> made of gold very yeah. good i don't know if i totally all the way agree with that i think there's a nuanced argument to be had but that's not what we're here to do i'm not here to argue with evan bevins we're here to talk fun comics but I do think that, that that's where Mark Russell is coming from, is that he's sort of taken a look at the world and said, there are people out there that could actively try to f- help fix things, but people are so self-absor- self-absorbed and uh, obsessed with self-interest that they that they just let it all fall you know, into the ground. Like, and if you think about sort of the anxiety that, the collective anxiety in, in the culture that gives us movies like Elysium, I think it was, you know, the, the one where like the rich people all move to the moon or something. This okay, is, uh, yeah. Okay, Evan knows what I'm talking about, right? Matt Damon, right? Yep. And more importantly, Charlotte Copley. There you go. All right. So think about that, like, you know, Billionaire Island, Elysium, like this whole idea of like the rich taking what they've got and going somewhere to where they don't have to be with the riffraff and the riffraff just inherit a, you know, the the dirty earth. This is this is not just obviously a theme that Mark Russell is exploring. Many people have before and have been for decades now. But you asked me specifically like about the comic. So, I mean, that's just the theme of it which I really, really like. I like that he's exploring that. I think the uh, like the point of view character that we have, I don't remember what his name is, but like he's on a mission. Trent. Yeah. Like he was personally affected. I think that I can't remember, Evan, what all happened that his wife and kid died. Do you remember? I don't know if he was with the military or private security, but he was helping out at this refugee camp and his wife and kid went along and they're like, hey, if the food's good enough for the refugees, it's good enough for me. But right. uh, if you have a certain, uh, you know, genetic marker, the sterility virus just kills you. That's right. Yeah. And so his wife and kid died. So he has a personal vendetta against the guy that created Billionaire Island because his creating this you know food that's like was supposed to like sterilize uh, the have-nots ended up killing his wife and kid. And it really is like a little microcosm of how you know people with money and resources can create conditions that are beneficial to them and put enough distance between the the people that they're hurting that you know that they can get away with it and you know d- depending on how much of a conscience they have get away with it completely conscience free consequence free and so i what i like about the the point of view character in all of this is that you know it's it's
it's very like traditional sort of hero story. You know, he's getting revenge. You know, he's turning this whole situation on. So Mark Russell can explore these themes, but also there's a story here of the day it all came to an end because they messed with the wrong guy and his family. So again, like I, I was like casting and and like producing the movie of this in my head. <laughs> this would be an absurd movie. I, I almost. I didn't have the time to do it, but I wanted to do for each one of these sections, uh, explain that commentary. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's the game. And uh, we're, we're going to start here just real quick, Mark. I want you to do me a favor and I want you to explain what Mark Russell is trying to say, or do you believe that he's trying to say something with the people in the hamster cage that are prisoners that are perfectly satisfied with the fact that they get meals they get payday commencing. <laughs> Why would they be paying us if they weren't going to let us out? <laughs> what oh, is is there something there that Mark Russell is trying to get across? You know, I've I've brought this up with you before in the Metal Hammer of Doom that Nine Inch Nail song, Happiness and Slavery. You know, uh-huh. it's a very the idea of like if you're comfortable and you're able to have you know you're able to have a little creature comfort, you know, the things that make life you know bearable. Basically, how much you're willing, how much awfulness you're willing to tolerate like you know the idea of like the hamster cage it's like well as long as i'm being taken care of and i'm comfortable i don't care that i'm a prisoner yeah that kind of a thing and that mentality and i you know and i (laughs) it's funny i I think about the podcast that i did during christian month of november of 2020 i don't know if you know this evan i let christian pick the entire month of comics we talked about in november and he picked like marvell um something about jeffrey dahmer Starman. he picked some really bizarre ones we were talking about one of the guys that he was really into and I was like, and I was, <laughs> I think it might've been Marvell. And I, I, I stopped the conversation short and I was like, what is the author of this thing so mad about? Like, <laughs> why are you so angry? And Mark Russell is clearly picking a fight with the, idea oh, yeah. you know, with people who like, he thinks he's clearly thinking that people should be more motivated to exact change, demand more from the people who have the resources and the money to make things better but we don't because jesse are you comfortable in your life i mean you know could you be better absolutely you don't even have to answer me that but are you comfortable right yeah evan are you comfortable in your life yeah it depends on the day (laughs) i know i'm comfortable in my life so are either so the three of us about to join the revolution we're not i can tell you that right now and that's what mark russell is saying like we should be joining the revolution because couldn't life be so much better for the three of us if we only demanded more of the people in charge and we don't because we're fine and it's okay and we're well, and, and we're in and we're all hamsters in a little cage, according to Mark Mark Russell. And it's hard to like compartmentalize all of that and, and you know and, and, and take yourself out of it and think like, okay, I get what you're saying, because this is still like the life that we're living in. How many of us are willing to just upend it all because of the possibility of a better tomorrow for somebody else more than likely? Because it's not like we'll experience right. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Evan, these first two issues, man. What do you what do you think? What do you gotta say? If Mark's waiting for me to uh, argue with him the point that most people tend to be jerks when left to their own devices, I'm not going to. There there may be issues I differ with Mark Russell on here and there, but I mean, now I I, uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I was not sure what to to expect. As far as the people in the cage, uh, you know, I, I marked down the line from uh, Lacey, the, the executive trainee who yeah. <laughs> started out on American Gladiators and ended up in the hamster wheel, but is convinced that one day she'll, she'll advance. You know, she, she's talking to, to Shelly, 
the reporter and she goes, hey, this is just part of the program, you know, like like how they train Navy SEALs. So I decided to make the most of the situation. I decided to lean in. <laughs> and she's like, hey, if I just play by the rules, this is all going to work out for me. And she she really clings to that uh, for a long time. As far as the, uh, the, the second issue, talking about movie ideas, I mean, I don't know why you're sitting here casting the Billionaire Island movie when he's got a trailer for a perfectly good remake of Alien vs. Predator uh, <laughs> on page one of the second issue. Yeah. Oh, that was some great stuff right there. The, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Steven Seagal versus Louis Z.K. Louis, Louis Z.K. Um, alien versus Predator. Illegal Madison. alien versus sexual predator. Um, <laughs> ripped from the headlines. Yeah. And also, um, I, I was disappointed to find out we weren't doing video with this one because I bought a green screen suit so I could cosplay as Trent. Oh, nice. <laughs> No, that that so was funny. that was one thing. I mean, I, I expected the the satire and the social commentary, but I didn't expect just like this this awesome action sequence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he hides in the uh, the studio at the the Bill Cosby com- Memorial Complex. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, and takes out the uh, you know the the arm to the teeth cops using uh, using the green screen. I mean that I, I I would love to see that on the screen. I mean the, yeah. not that the art wasn't fantastic with it, but that that right there I was like you know I, I expected the comedy and the social commentary, but I didn't expect this just cool iconic action sequence. Yeah, there's there was a good bit of action there. Both just these two issues are packed with like bits of commentary about things and the guy that Trent runs into on the plane who says he's made apps and he created. Uh, middleman, which was <laughs> the app that replaced all of middle management. <laughs> And overnight it happened. It's a parody kind of thing, but that's so true, isn't it? Like, you know, and on, on a more serious note, like think about how many jobs have been lost over the past hundred years because of technology. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that one little thing that made this guy millions of dollars cost so many people their, you know, their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're out on the street. They're on their they're on their rear end because they don't have a job anymore because technology took it over. Unfortunately, it's something that our society. We we embrace technology, but I mean, it's going to it's going to cost a lot of people their livelihood sometimes. What is it? Don't give a sh- studios. Is that the name of the company? <laughs> yeah. That's a subtle dig there, but <laughs> I laugh hard at that because all I can think about is Robert Winfrey like, just setting a theater on fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> America's number one show. Famous last words is filmed here. And in the background, you know, that is correct. Once you die on camera, this sum will be paid to your next of kin it's like there's so much being said about number one it's called billionaire island so the the focus of this book is going to be on money what people do for money what people do with money and that's actually my only criticism of this book is as much as i enjoyed this this is not novel in any way shape or form no this no. has been done death like like i you like the part you just brought up about like the game show and the first thing i thought of was the running man <laughs> yeah uh we did mention we were just kind of talking offline here before we got into the podcast tonight but it was very unfortunate that the timing of this comic happened right well it started right before the pandemic hit and then as the second issue as the second issue rolled out in the letters pages uh he's talking about how the world health organization just named the covid uh pandemic as being something that they're going to have to address and that's uh, affecting the world i can imagine as a writer that probably shakes you a little bit now granted this is like mark said this is a parody but there's some really scary parallels when you look at like the first issue and what's happened they're dealing with just uh 
world calamity after world calamity. You know, the oceans are rising. You got a virus that's taken uh, taken over the sterility virus. Um, so can, can we talk about that for a second? Like how, you know, the even the idea of like sterilizing the poor is like a hundred plus year old idea. I don't know if you know that or not. I know I've brought it up before um, in the book like War Against the Week, you know, America's history with eugenics. Again, he is playing with some very old ideas. There have definitely been some considerations and, and moves towards trying to sterilize poor people or trying to sterilize non-desirables, depending on which country you want, you know, in our case, non-white people. To try to control population, like the whole Planned Parenthood organization, like what precedes it are people who were looking to limit the amount of minority children born in this world. A lot of there were a lot of laws that were enacted and then subsequently taken down or just not enforced anymore that dealt with uh, eugenics. And that's what he's talking. That's at least in part what he's talking about in this book. But it's not something that we tend to, you know, we don't we don't educate people in school about it. It's something you really have to kind of find out on your own through, right. you know, through private reading or you maybe you might learn about it in college, but you certainly don't hear about it in high school. Or on you a know. podcast about comic books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan, I'll be quiet. Thanks, Mark. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. You're you're educating the masses. You know, I but I like the fact that Mark that Mark Russell brings it up. I think and, and the reason why I'm making a big deal about it is I think it can be I think you could do dismiss it if you don't know the context that he's bringing to the story. So like you might think like, oh, the idea of sterilizing the poor. Oh, that's like way out there. Science fiction that like that kind of thing never happened. But but like it did. <laughs> like oh, There's incidents in history of in just the United States alone of at least that being attempted that he's either knowingly or unknowingly pointing directly at. So I think as a reader, if you're looking at this, you're going, well, these are some crazy, fantastical ideas that Mark Russell is bringing up in this silly comic book. But this couldn't possibly happen. You should, as a reader, not dismiss some of what he's saying outright because it sounds too fantastical when, in fact, he's drawing upon things that happened in history. Well, so let me ask I was you a question. No, I, I, I don't think a lot of it was too fantastical. I mean, heck, the uh, the famous last word show. I mean, I'm pretty sure that'll be in pilot season in a couple years. Yeah, dude. <laughs> as ridiculous as some of this stuff is, it's the problem with it is the fact that you could actually see it being something. I, I mean, there is some really what we would look at as an ordinary person would look at and say, my goodness, that seems way out there. That seems like something yeah. that would. But trust me, uh, there are plenty of uh, television executives. There's plenty of uh, there's plenty of boardroom executives that are coming up with these ideas that are just seem like out of left field. But all of a sudden it becomes the next big thing and and the public is going to eat it up, you know, kind of like a an angry guy on a motorcycle. Just we'll just wait. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, Mark, let me ask you just real quick. We'll, we'll get to the next uh, couple issues. But do you think that there are billionaires or people that are that extremely wealthy that are as eccentric as Rick Canto is? For sure. Okay. There, there comes a point where you can create such a bubble around yourself that you not only don't have to deal with the natural consequences of your actions, but you will have like psycho fans feeding you. I mean, like I'm not rich and by any stretch of the imagination and I can still manipulate people into telling me what I want to hear because it's the only way I'll, it's the only way they'll get me to do what they want me to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Point, Mark. <laughs> Tell me exactly. Thank you, Evan. When do you want to do another podcast? <laughs> when when Squirrel Girl on the schedule? <laughs> keep keep complimenting me, and a lot sooner than you think. But no, I mean, Great. like, <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Like, there the, there are people.
people who will create a situation around themselves for which they don't have to deal. I keep using the phrase natural consequences, but not even just just that, like just in the, the natural course of your life, natural interactions, people will interact with you in, in a way that's you know, supposed to be socially acceptable, via, like social contracting. I'm not going to go much beyond that. You start yeah. throwing money and resources into the picture and start sort of manipulating things around you so that it's only people willing to go that extra mile. And suddenly you have a very skewed outlook on life. It can get there very quickly. I mean, think about Jesse, you, um, you're a big football fan, right? Uh-huh. So think about how many like eccentric football players there are that yeah. do, you know, bizarre things. Like think about, um, just a really classic example might be a little dated, but Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Like, could he get away with being that way if he hadn't been so, so rich from playing basketball? I hear you. You talked about like, yes, men and, and people that surround you and say, yes, yes, yes. You know, an echo chamber, if you will, your worldview would really get distorted. Yes. Um, you know, this billionaire island, this freedom unlimited is out there in the middle of these international waters and no laws. I mean, how many times have you heard in the can news I, about tax can shelters? I, and can I cut you off of that? So Absolutely. my favorite thing in the my favorite thing in the book was, the, you know, was whenever they were uh, dealing with people on the island and they would just, pick, you know, drones would pick them up and throw them into the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, here come here come the refugees. Oh, there they go. <laughs> I laughed hard at that, like probably harder than I should have. <laughs> Back out to sea. Oh, man. Well, OK. All right. Let's get into this. Uh, these next two issues here. So issues three and four. So a captured Trent is attempting to withstand Kanto's torturous security team and torture bot when finally Rick arrives and lets Trent's fate be decided by the chairman business dog, a dog that makes decisions by eating from a bowl with the select of live or die written on the sides of it for Trent. Uh, when the dog chooses die and eats the food, uh, but then gets sick and throws it back up, there is a concern as now what in the world do these guys do? <laughs> Uh, so as the board deliberate, they decide to throw Trent into the prison with the other. So he's he's thrown into the hamster cage. Meanwhile, Shelly and Flynn, who remember they escaped, find a cave along the shore b belonging to a rather strange man by the name of Falco Jakes, who used to be a super rich re uh, real estate developer and the man behind the design for Freedom Unlimited. But uh, he's now okay, found himself F U Island. <laughs> F U Island. But he's now found himself a resident on the outskirts of the island. When the pair asked him how to escape, he reveals he doesn't believe there's a way to get out of there. Uh, in horror, Flynn races back to the prison as he fears ending up like Falco. Uh, Shelly hangs back and convinces Falco to help her find a way to escape the island. Uh, their plan is to infiltrate Kanto's facility and make use of the drones that guard the island. So, yes, uh, Trent thrown into prison. Shelly is hanging out trying to figure out a way to get off the island with Falco Jakes. And that is issues three and four from what I can see. So I just want to point out here that Business Dog, okay, <laughs> Business Dog is a fantastic character who is, yes, an ordinary dog in an executive suit. Well, at least the top half of it <laughs> has a Rolex and a Bluetooth phone in his ear for some reason. I don't know why, but this dog has a Bluetooth, a Bluetooth headset on. This is just continues to get goofier and goofier. But uh, Evan, I'll throw it to you first, man. What do you think of issues three and four? I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, business dog really kind of shoots the argument. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people say, and I, you know, I don't begrudge folks, you know, working hard and making money. That's yeah. uh, good, good, good for them. But, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people make the argument, well, you know, it's it's a meritocracy. You know, I, I, I earned this money. You can if you work hard enough, you can, too. But these guys, the 
richest people in the world are beholden to a dog because he's got the most money. That's it. <laughs> There's no meritocracy. It's just it's just who's got the biggest bank account. There there are people who earn their money, work hard, but you can be a a a dog and inherit it, and you've got the bigger bank account. I liked Falco. You know, I, I like the sequences where they show him. You know, kind of surviving off the uh, the refuse of the island, stealing yeah. t-shirts back from seagulls, <laughs> and an end table washing up. You know, they, they had the line at the at the end of issue three that kind of sums up you know, what, what we were talking about earlier with the folks in the, in the hamster cage. You know, people don't want freedom or justice or even a world that makes sense. They they just want a prison that doesn't ask too much of them. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's what we're talking about. If, if you're comfortable, eh, who's going to rock the boat? OK, well, that's not fair, but I really want to do anything about it. I mean, the voice is on tonight. You know, it have to be that cynical. You've got kids. You've got a wife. You've got a job to get to. This this came up like with the Black Lives matter protests and a few years before that like the occupy wall street and you know the occupy whatever street you were on protests and it was you know and i remember because like my dad is in his 70s and he's been retired now for a really long time and he was the beneficiary of not one but two different inheritances so on top of his pensions his army his uh, army benefits and the money that he saved and then his inheritances he didn't have to work he hasn't not had to work for a very long time and knock on wood, him and my mother have, you know, been in some pretty re- you know, relatively decent health. So they've taken their largesse and, you know, they've traveled and whatever else. And somewhere along the line, and this is the point that I was trying to get to, my dad got really into the Democratic side of politics. And he was going to protest all the time. But do you know why he was going to protest all the time, Jesse? Ask me why. I think I know the answer to this, but why was he going to the protest they all the time? It working, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have he had the time to do so? Exactly. And yep. so, like, maybe you're passionate about something, Jesse. You know, maybe Evan has a has a bee in his bonnet and he's like, I'd really like to see some change in this particular area. I'm very passionate about this thing. But can you take off work to go stand on you know a picket line to go stand out in front of your state senator's office with a sign that says eat at Joe's like I made my mom do that one time? True story. <laughs> they were at a Medicare protest. And I said, will you please have mom hold up a sign that says eat at Joe's? for me and take a picture in the middle of this Medicare protest. My father's like, you're an asshole, but yes. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> Still have that picture, by the way. It's one of my favorites. Uh, um, my point is, like, you know, for most people, you don't have the time to do that sort of thing. And if you're not, you know, in, in any way in an uncomfortable position, you're just doing the things you need to do to take care of yourself and your family and, you know, and doesn't lend itself to be out in the street raising a ruckus. Those uh-huh. people that are out there don't have anything else to do by and large it's students or you know it's people who aren't working people on disability and or or professional protesters it's another thing that happens in this world people who are like basically taken care of so that they can be a body in a you know in a mob and there's um in that fourth issue you start to see a little of the uh the fact that he's not just taking shots at at, at the ultra ultra rich or you start to see some some crossover because here are these people who, who have have all this money and have set up all this stuff but at the end of the day they're going to do whatever the dog does yeah you know, wh- wh- whichever bowl the dog the 
the dog eats out of. You know, that they they want somebody to make their decisions too. I love it's, the I, I love the randomness of the dog, by the way. That like, you know, like you you think that the people in charge, the people who make the decisions have not an arbitrary way of doing things, that they've really put some like things might not be fair, but at least it makes sense and then it turns out it doesn't. Yeah. Like life's it's you know, they're just throwing crap against the wall and in this particular case they're following whatever dog whatever the dog bowl you know whatever bowl the dog eats out of and you're like nothing makes any sense time is a flat circle you know that sort of thing like <laughs> soil and green is people yeah i think that's brought up by Lacey. i mean when she's like talking to somebody and she's like well i mean they've got this far they obviously know what they're doing and then <laughs> you know business dog is the guy is the is the is the dog it's making all the decisions of all these uh you know stocks stock market collapses because this dog ain't on the wrong bowl um <laughs> it's just it's amazing and i think at even one point while trent's like you know he's tied up and the dog comes out there and he's like do you guys have any idea how ridiculous this is nobody does nobody has no no one the knows. Dog has more money how can we go against him <laughs> the other standout moment and i mean it's it it's not subtle but it is it is funny the where rick is in the pool talking to president kid rock his economist <laughs> says wait there's another way i've crunched the numbers if we just raise the top tax rates on billionaires we can build enough self-sustaining cities for the entire pro- population and here come the drones yeah, yeah right uh here what you're saying but no yeah that is uh you know a perfect example of the commentary that he's trying to get across here obviously is that uh the the billionaires are only in it for themselves whatever is going to result in less money for them is not the route they're going to go and they have you know they're in they're in the process of having a conversation with the president of the united states granted it's kid rock but that's all right they're having a conversation it's the president of the united states and this billionaire trying to figure out the world's problems and lo and behold money can solve it can we just talk about that for a second how we i'm sure we all got strong idiocracy vibes the minute you see the panel of president kid rock <laughs> Kid Rock, though, I don't know if he's going to. I'd like to know what platform and how he ran. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, the man smoke weed every day. Yeah, I mean, it's on his hat, if I'm correct. <laughs> it's right there on the president's hat. You know, one of the words that's used to describe uh, a lot of Russell's work is subversive. As we're doing the podcast, it just occurs to me that the, you know, the main villainous billionaire that uh, we're talking about here is a guy by the name. I pronounced it uh, as Rick Canto. But if you just look at his last name, when you tell somebody, especially a billionaire, that they can't do something, their response may just be, I can too. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, I have a feeling, is very much on purpose by (laughs) Mark Russell. I could see him very much doing something like that and you not being able to catch it until later Uh, because that's just kind of the way he does. I hear what you're saying, Jesse, but my response is still, <laughs> do we do we need to share that share with Evan that you and I have our own little language? I think Evan's got to figure it out. I, I, I hope you did, uh, or else uh, you guys reach having medical events at the same time. <laughs> Shared stroke. Just <laughs> you and I share everything, including brain damage. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. 
I, I just had one more where where you you, th- you think you're coming to the moral of the story, but the, there's there's more to it. As Falco is is explaining how, how they're they're going to get to the the drones and make this work, you see uh, Rick Canto telling everybody in the hamster cage to calm down, and he goes, "Wait a minute, weren't there more of you?" Lacey says, "Nope, five of us, just like before." And while Falco is doing the voiceover about how, how cheap billionaires are, you know, it's the world's greatest danger and perhaps also its salvation. The fact that these men can and succeed at ruling the world and yet fail at basic math. Right. Uh, that's that's what their world is—a billion-dollar mansion undone by a two-dollar lock. Not a not a ton of subtlety here, but that that was a really nice way with the action coming together with with the voiceover. Not not just telling, but showing you the point there. Right. Very very true. Very true. Um. All right. Get into issues are five and six here. So making their way through Canto's mansion. Uh, Shelly decides to stop by the prison and release those people inside, including Trent. Outside, Trent gro- Trent goes to confront Canto. Can- now, see, I'm gonna mess myself up. Canto, while Shelly and the rest head to the drone port to attempt to es- escape, things begin to fall apart on the rooftop as the, ro- the drone begins to defend itself, opening fire. When Shelly races downstairs to safety, she just happens to stumble on the aftermath of the meeting between Canto and Trent. On the floor lies Canto, killed not by the hand of Trent, but by a young assistant who was fed up with being chained to the chair at his workstation. (laughs) (laughs) Cutting Canto's finger off, they use it to bypass the security on the drone and board it to leave Freedom Unlimited. When they finally get stateside, they go on to a talk show to tell their harrowing tale of escape, along with blowing the lid off of AgriCorp's sterility virus. There is doubt that an AgriCorp stock can weather the storm of controversy. Controversial! However, society (laughs) swings... I haven't heard that in a while. (laughs) Give it to me again, Jesse. Controversial. Thank you. Uh, however, society swings back in favor of Agricorp after some smooth ranting by some angry guy on a motorcycle. <laughs> but when but when business dog wakes up one morning and eats from the bowl that says sell everything, the residents of Billionaire Island become victims of their own design. So there you go. That's issues five and six. So, Mark, I'll throw it to you first, man. I mean, we got these final two issues chock full of commentary. Oh, my goodness. What are your thoughts? Let me just say, I love the uh, what's oh, what's the guy that does the stock stuff? Um, that Jim Cramer. Like, yes. I love the parody of him in this where he's like dressing up like a turkey and he's on the screen. He's like, buy a llama farm. That's all there's left. Uh, <laughs> when he was the biggest star in Iron Man. <laughs> okay. Uh, the biggest star. All right. Up there. The name of Freedom Unlimited being chosen because it's more approachable. That was my first note here. So I love how, you know, we get lots of flashbacks throughout this whole book and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we're going to call it Billionaire Island. And somebody speaks up like no 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 you can't do that you can't you can't call it billionaire island i mean you want something that the uh, some farmer can get behind you have to call it something that makes the average person imagine it's something for them that's right freedom unlimited again it's it's something that's been talked about before but manipulating the public mark radlich that is a lot of what we see happen here in billionaire island do you remember Um, freedom fries oh my gosh do i ever yeah i remember freedom fries (laughs) oh yeah The power of language, my friends. So, you know, you talk about they have to call the island something that doesn't say what it really is, but what we're we're tricking people that it isn't. You know, so freedom unlimited. Well, who can argue with freedom? Who doesn't want freedom? 
right? And unlimited. My gosh, how like, and that's the thing, like how much of this book is Mark Russell just being mad at what's going on right now? Oh, yeah. you know, just, just, just the last four years of the Trump administration. And this is not a place for me to editorialize on the Trump administration, but clearly Mark Russell's mad about it. Oh, he is. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of imagery in this book. There's a lot of imagery in this book that is drawn from what Mark Russell saw going on, like in real life, including, you know, like what angry guy on a motorcycle and stuff like that. That's all right out of the last four years, if not longer, that he that he felt the need to comment on. And by the way, Kid Rock is like a big Republican, in case anyone was wondering, in case why, why, why Kid Rock of all people in the book? You know, that's why, you know, but you asked about like Freedom Unlimited, you know, and I brought up the Freedom Prize. Now, that's that that's from like, you know, the Bush administration. That's right after. Yeah. Yeah. But there was stuff like that going on, like like the whole idea of like fake news. Right. Anytime the president got cornered with facts. (laughs) <laughs> he would tap into the anxiety that the collective anxiety that exists in this country about the media being biased against bias against conservatives willing to lie based on a handful of incidents that got reported on over the course of a very long period of time there developed this natural anxiety and distrust of mainstream media and so trump goes fake news and everyone was like yeah yeah yeah, that Mm -hmm. and it's just a phrase it's just a word that people that resonates with people it's a marketing gimmick so like freedom unlimited it's like that taps into this idea that that we're currently struggling with now as a country with like COVID and masks and vaccinations where it's like, I could mask up. I could get a vaccination. But what if I don't want to? My body, my choice. I have you can't restrict my freedom. And it's like the minute you start poking holes in any of that, the whole argument like falls apart. But again, not here to do that. My point is, you know, the, the term freedom unlimited resonates with idiots. Yeah, who who put their own self-interest and unwillingness to social contract with the rest of society above everything else, which is why he's commenting on that the way that he is. What's strange is, is that, you know, this Freedom Unlimited Island is obviously myself when I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh, this this island is designed for the ultra rich and just a bunch of idiots. Uh, And then (laughs) we have a lot of commentary throughout the book about people on the island who are not free, obviously, because they don't have a a billion dollars. But, you know, what we're striving for as a people is unlimited freedom. I mean, we want the freedom to do what we want to do. Right, but it's like uh, the, free, the, the freedom to abuse your workers, the freedom to use up as many resources as possible right. without, you know, giving a thought to what the impact of that's going to be. You know, the freedom to not have any consequences for your actions, the free, you know, the freedom to indulge in all of your vices, again, consequence free. That's that's right. what it is. But that's the thing, like, that appeals to a lot of people, not just the ultra rich. That appeals to everyday people. They just don't have the resources to get there but then you take a look at the hamster cage situation where you have Mm -hmm. these people who are you know they are prisoners right and the commentary there is that okay you're living your life as you think you should be you're trying to make you know you're trying to be that ultra powerful executive or make your way up the corporate ladder but guess what as much as you wish you were free to do that you're actually a prisoner within the design of whatever social construct that is you are not everybody in the hamster cage though had the same motivation the woman didn't want to leave because she thought she was being tested and she figured well 
considering what women have to go through in the corporate environment or have had to go through in the corporate environment for like the last 30 to 40 years, if that, like, all right, so being trapped in a cage isn't the worst thing I can experience as a woman in the corporate environment. This is fine. And this is what I need to do. Like, how many women have done that mental math of, if I do this, I'll get ahead. Uh-huh. Is it worth my dignity and my self-esteem to get to the next place I want to get to in life? And if I don't do it, won't another woman do it anyway? I mean, that's like a big, like, Christ, that was the lifeblood of Hollywood for the longest time. Yeah, I just, I, I thought it was interesting to see Mark Russell, number one, throw a commentary on the fact that you could we could resent or or hate these billionaires you know on a on an island that they're they basically do have freedom to do whatever they want and as ridiculous as it is they can then also throw the fact in there that we uh, as a society are, are accepting of our prison and therefore mm-hmm. freedom is not unlimited as much as we would like it to be so it's it's a it's a damnation for those that have freedom and also a condemnation of us accepting the fact that we don't have the freedom that we really should uh, that we would want um, like a very soylent green kind of a situation like oh this is perfect this is wonderful this feeding the masses yeah it's people <laughs> you know <laughs> well, they pretty much get into that when they're talking about the lottery I think I think that was uh, right where the economists figured out that if they just raise taxes on the wealthy, because they were talking about they'd they'd go with the uh, sterility virus, and then they'd have the lottery, and the winners would be removed. Oh, oh the yeah, the the winners would go to the self-supporting cities. The losers will be immediately herded into detention centers, where they will not only be spared from the famine, but will contribute to the solution. <laughs> and and uh, then you, you see like and there's a big meat. chunk of meat. Yeah, <laughs> big chunk of skinned meat laying there, but. Well, but th- there, there's also the the broader humor I appreciate, like uh, the robotic barman Miranda. Chicka chicka boom. Yep. But um, you know, like I said, he he does he does get in there. You know, where we talk about people accepting their prisons and the uh, and Canto when I still don't know how Trent survives the knife to his chest. Chest sticking out of his chest. I, I kept waiting for them to explain, you know, that he you know had an extra thick shirt on or a prune that his great grandfather gave him. What, a probably prune? child reference? Okay, boy, oh boy. No, it's been a while, buddy. That's okay. A, that's, a, that's a deep reference. Okay, but, um, well, hey, <laughs> Mark Mark hasn't referenced uh, any unrelated movies lately, so somebody had to do it. Somebody... <laughs> But um, yeah, you know, Kanto that says makes me feel bad about myself. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, Kanto says when the pickle hits the plate, every human being, rich or poor, will choose themselves over everyone else. If you're here to save the human race, then that is what you were saving. Now we, you know, there there's some discussion later on about whether that's that's true of everybody. You know, with with some of the people that that enabled this or or didn't didn't fight it off, he may not may not be that far off. I, I like the scene where where Lacey finally figures out maybe this isn't okay when the uh, when the crew from Whoopsie Biohazard Cleaners comes by. <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the usual. Yeah, just clean out the corpses from the hamster cage like like usual. And she's like, wait, wait, what? The, <laughs> this is how it always ends? Oh, man. Nobody gets promoted? So, okay, you got to tell me about this, Evan. I'm going to throw two things at you. You tell me what your thoughts are. Tell okay. me if uh, tell me, tell me if you what you think or what your interpretation of it is, okay? All right. So on the island, as they're designing it, they decide that we need a prison because maybe, <laughs> maybe. Freedom limited. <laughs> maybe. Maybe somebody will be on there that's not a billionaire and we need to do something about it. So they decide to build a jail, a prison called Freedom Limited. All right. Which 
Falco Jakes is in charge of trying to build it. And it turns out it's costing too much, so he decides to bring in immigrant labor to build the prison. And then said immigrant labor comes through strikingly well, low, lowers the cost enough to where Canto's uh, very, very pleased with what happens. And then they proceed to jail all of the immigrant labor in the same prison <laughs> that they just built. I, I'm not sure what sort of present-day contemporary issue he's commenting on here. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on it. Oh, man. But, I mean, he, he's, you know, th this isn't one of these impenetrable, symbolism-laden stories. I mean, he's like, look, th this is what's happening. I, I'm not turning it up to 11 here. I'm turning it up one. Yeah. And and th this is what you've got. You know, I mean, you, you can, you know, you, you, you can argue di different things, I, I suppose. But, uh, you know, he's 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 making his point very, very clearly here. Right, right, right. So, OK, then I'm going to I'll throw a harder one at you. Oh, sorry, that, you... That, that wasn't meant to uh, be dismissive of your question. <laughs> no, just... no, no. I No, because I, I knew where I was going. I knew where we were yeah. going with this. That one that one was quite on the nose, as they say. Now, the the tougher one, though, is and this has to be a commentary on something and legitimately i am lost but you know that's what we're here for maybe we can try and piece it they part it out try and figure out what's going on so falco jakes he's on the he's on the rooftop he gets shot and with his dying breath as he leans over he looks longingly back to the cave that he came from living with his plastic mannequin wife the vision that we see through his eyes as he dies is that he just longs to go back and be with her so a billionaire caveman Wants to go back to the simple life that he was living. What do you think of that, Evan Bevins? You know, in back in issue four, he said, "Love is what saves you when the rest of the world fails." And you know, I, I I'm I wrote in my notes like, "Was well, is he saying you you can find meaning in in anything?" I mean, here are all these people chasing after this wealth that is just never going to satisfy them, no matter how many endangered orangutan burgers they eat. But <laughs> the fur and everything, man. Well, I mean, you you want people to know that you're. I mean, you know, I can make a hamburger and tell you it's an orangutan, but if it doesn't have the the fur, how are you gonna know? Now, if it, it needs the little placard that it's got stuck yeah. on the top of it, the shoes, which orangutan just died. Yeah, yeah, it actually had his name. <laughs> you know, here, Falco just found meaning in w whatever he wanted to, to find it in, uh, even if that was Linda. Not sure what that sa says about about humanity. He made his own happiness, his own world, his, his own value, uh, you know, living on the refuse of these people who can never get enough. And he died because he decided to leave it. Yeah. You know, we talked about comfortability and all of that. I think there's also the existential, like, horror of looking back at, at, at a life poorly led. You work all your life to make, you know, as much money as you can. You get all the things you ever want and you realize you're not happy, you're not fulfilled. And you heard, you may have heard a lot of people along the way to get where you are and you find that it's all not worth it. That might make someone want to live in a cave. Right. And fuck a mannequin. I mean, come on, Evan. <laughs> You're you're with me. I know you're with me on this. Who hasn't wanted to bang a mannequin at one point in their life? Come on, Evan. Are we talking about Kim Cattrall? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to think that uh, that Falco and Linda's love was transcended the physical, Mark. <laughs> That's very poetic, Evan. You're <laughs> you're you're an artist at heart. I can tell. I can can see why you went into journalism. Now you are beautiful human being as opposed to me who's you know it's just, it's, i'm a silly man silly, silly man, He's a silly man. <laughs> Who, who's wasted at least five minutes talking about wanting to bang a mannequin please move no on it just feels me. like it was that long <laughs> 
I'm going to read straight from the comic, okay? Uh, okay. And we, we, we already mentioned some angry guy on a motorcycle, but I think that this was one of the standout moments for me. This could have been written off so easily, and of course, it's Mark Russell. We know he's not going to do that. But, you know, at the end of the book, we could have had a fantastic resolution where... After Kanto meets his demise, they blow the lid. Like I said, they blew the lid off of this sterility virus. Anything that's being made by Agricore now, the stock just completely plummets. And it's not good news for, number one, that company, and number two, the world. This company provides a lot of food for people. And with it going under and the controversy that's going on, obviously it's going to affect a lot of people, including the economy. And the surviving members of Billionaire Island have to make a decision as to what to do to try and re at least try and get the public back in the corner of Agricor, which all, I mean, it just came out that these guys would put a sterility virus that killed people in their food. And the man that comes to the rescue is some angry guy on a motorcycle. <laughs> this has got to be the most ridiculous, but most realistic thing. <laughs> seen in this book was them talking to this guy and saying look you need to change things for change things for us so okay here we go now folks some angry guy on a motorcycle it's not just some dude on a motorcycle he is a, a, a youtube star okay clearly he has got a red hat on i don't know if you noticed that mark but he's got himself a red <laughs> red cap on his head um, nose. he's like yeah. the mark radelich of uh 2044 <laughs> yeah there you go here we go uh so yeah he gets on he gets you know he's some angry guy on a motorcycle so here we go his youtube videos that are being watched around the world by hard-working blue-collar citizens who lately i've been hearing a lot of jaw flapping about agricorp mostly be from journalists scientists and soft boys <laughs> the unholy trinity <laughs> Maybe you trust a bunch of eggheads and metrosexuals to tell you the truth, but I sure as gravy don't. You know what I think when I think of Agricorp? Jobs. <laughs> they want us to bite the hand that literally feeds us. Maybe that's why times is so hard. Divine punishment for ingratitude, for losing our way. But some of us remember in America. Now, mind you, this dude is in the process of ripping his shirt. He's so, he's so emotional about what he's saying. He's so angry, Mark. He's an angry, mm -hmm. he's an angry guy on a motorcycle. He is in the process of ripping his shirt when he says, but some of us remember in America where people were grateful to their employers. And then he clasps his hands and says, but then what do I know? I'm just a Christian on a motorcycle. God bless you folks. And put a burger on the grill for me. Yes, sir. And who we does that? I mean, agriculture. Core cornflakes are flying off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Right after it's being said, the president of the United States, Kid Rock, comes on and says, hey, we've got no reason to terminate our food assistance with a contract with Agricorp. Public opinion has so turned in the matter of a few probably weeks after all this went down. So never underestimate the power of propaganda. Oh, wow. So just because of that one thing, Agricorp is now back on top. 
What I mean, a very interesting book, a lot of commentary, and I wish I could say that we touched on half of it tonight. I think we hit the big points, but trust me, this book is packed full of other bits of commentary on uh, social commentary out there. So I, I would agree if anybody wants to get a chance, if they can, if they can handle Mark Russell and his opinion, then feel free to pick it up and read it. But the uh, the the line that that, that I like that I, that I did a double take on because uh, you know I told Mark I'm like oh okay I'll read. This. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll be open-minded, but uh, you know, I I know that uh that, that Mr. Russell and I maybe maybe don't share some of the same beliefs. So uh, at the scene with with Trent's uh, at at the grave of Trent's wife and son. You know, he says, my entire world is buried right here. The rest shouldn't really matter to me. And yet it does. What does that mean? And Shelley says, well, it means you're a decent human being. Anyone can love those who love them back, those who have something to offer you. Uh, it's how you deal with everyone else that really matters. And you know where I've heard that before? Tell me. The Gospel of Matthew. No kidding. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? We, Maybe I have to give Mr. Russell a, a, a little more more credit than I was going to. Uh, he had some commentaries and, and some shots at, uh, if not organized religion, at least uh, the crap people pull in the name of organized religion. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm as sick of that as anybody. I was like, okay, I, I can't just dismiss this guy because I didn't like the ads for uh, his second coming Comic. Yeah, there's something else that he did. Not it wasn't the second coming. There was something else uh, about the Bible that he did. Uh, yeah, he, he's the author of not one but two books about the Bible. God is disappointed in you, and a there it is now. Yes, God is disappointed in you. Probably. I wish I could. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Indubitably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he he is definitely not somebody that I, I take as a flash in the pan. Like, oh, I gotta, I've got a comment about this. It's more like he's done a good bit of his research specifically on the religious side of things. So I think that he obviously has an opinion about it. But I think, Evan, you obviously see the good in, in the gospel. Who can't see something good in what's being said there? That's that's the thing. Any rational human being can look at those words and whether they're they have a religious context or not. This is coming from a person to another person. That means something. Uh, I'm still not I, reading Second Coming. Okay, <laughs> Mark's going to put it on the schedule, and I have a feeling that we're going to be doing a podcast on it. But I'm not going to say it's a terrible comic because I haven't read it. Um, I got two pages into Preacher, and I was like, you know what, this just isn't happening. <laughs> I'll refrain from commenting on it. And I have been swerved. What is this preacher you're talking about? <laughs> you know, can I can I can I like say something serious though about Evan? What I like about talking to Evan about stuff like this is Evan says like, "Hey, I have my my likes, my dislikes, my values, and and just generally the things that I'm willing to embrace and things that I would prefer to stay away from." But at no point does he say that the things that he should stay away from, everybody should stay away from. And the only reason why I'm I'm mentioning that is because that's a very common thing now yeah and, and, and i want to relate that back to the book i think books like billionaire island is something people should be talking about but this will be actively avoided because of people like evan in the sense that this doesn't appeal to them they don't like the politics of it they don't like politics in their comics x-men right x-men was completely apolitical you can't sure. see it but i rolled my eyes so hard just now it hurt my head um you know i mean Captain like Captain america it's never yeah. been about politics no no like you know when he was punching that imaginary villain hitler before <laughs> the united states was war with germany <laughs> yeah it's not, it's not like warner brothers characters like bugs bunny you know ever engaged in political propaganda or anything like that no never 
discussion is good. And I think and like you, the three of us don't all don't totally agree on everything. I know that for a fact. But we just had a very pleasant, enjoyable, moderately sexual discussion. <laughs> Thanks for keeping it moderate, Mark. <laughs> I I respect you, Evan. I respect you, brother. About about this book, and we all we, you know we laughed. We you know we had a good time. There were points that were brought up, but at no point did the fact that we don't agree push us into you know a, a negative conversation. Number one, nor did it nor did the possibility of us disagreeing prevent us from reading and enjoying and discussing this comic book. But I feel like it's kind of like what I was talking about with you on the Metal Hammer of Doom a few weeks back where it's like I just feel like it's about hating something for clicks or it's about actively avoiding things and only embracing things you enjoy and it's like gosh that's kind of a boring way to go through life like yeah. why not pick something up take a chance with it maybe you don't like it and and then talk about why you don't like it with people who did and see like well what is it about like the thing about podcasting and I'll, and I'll shut up after this I promise the thing about podcasting for me is it's always about getting people on who are passionate about something passionately hating it or passionately liking it and hearing why, especially when I'm so like apolitical about certain things. You know, we um, as we're recording this, something got announced that I don't want to get into it because I also don't want to date the podcast. But something was announced as, as being in production and it really upset me. And I and I talked about it in this group, um, why it upset me. But for the most part, I don't like, you know, we're rebooting Transformers, we're rebooting He-Man, we're rebooting Ghostbusters, and I don't give a shit. I just don't. That's how pe people are tied to. If it's not a certain way, if it's the, if something isn't done a certain kind of way, not only do they reject it, but they think everybody else should reject it too. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. That's a very uh, closed off way of being. Uh, there's there's a little too many people in this world for yeah, someone's opinion of something to be uniform. Now, someone believing something is right and wrong can't even be uniform anymore. That's right. what's that's that's what's tough. You know, something like this okay we come in here and we take a look at the comic book this is one man's opinion uh and clear clearly commentary on the stuff that's going on around us you could easily say well he's spinning this he's a left guy spinning this to the left you can say that okay fine if he is he is but you know what i'm seeing here i'm going to try and draw parallels to what i i've seen myself and to what i believe as well that's like, you know, so what? So so you hear someone else's perspective and then you right. do you not have enough in ego integrity? And I guess a lot of people don't. But like, do you not have enough ego integrity to be like, well, this is not something that I agree with, but I'm interested in seeing how he got there. And but uh, but I'll take even the author to task. I'm wondering how much Mark Russell would be tolerant of somebody else's criticism of his work or, or, or an alternate opinion that counters to him. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's that, that side of it, too, where these people, they write these books and, you know, and they're self-satisfied with the good thing that they've done. And it's like, okay, but this isn't, this is only one way to look at something. Yeah. And I would hope that Mark Russell's response to something that like that would be like, well, write your own book, you know, <laughs> tell your story, you know, feel free to do so because it's, it's your, you know, this is my platform to get my side of things out. I would hope that he would be like, you can do the same. Or we read the Flintstones and we know how that went. And I just don't see that being the case, but, <laughs> but maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I, I mean, honestly, I think that, uh, well, here, Here's the thing. I don't follow this guy on Twitter, so I don't know if he's tweeting. I don't know if he's really strongly opinionated and then will just maybe. scream yeah. at you. Maybe I he's granted in the he... bubble, Jesse. Maybe yeah. he's in the bubble. Maybe he has psycho fans feeding him. Oh, Mark Russell, aren't you great? Aren't you wonderful? Don't you look like yourself? And, you know, and then uh, then uh, then I come along like, hey, this middle aged guy's criticizing my here and everyone tells me I'm wonderful. There's being a good writer and being a good person. Sure. 
uh, you know, I had hoped that he's both. <laughs> That's my hope. <laughs> being a good person would be somebody to be like, okay, I'm making a comment about these people being propped up by their own echo chamber. Uh, being a good person would be somebody that would realize that that might be happening to them. And and what about uh, I mean, look at look at the end game for Trent. He got his revenge. He got got the word out. He killed the guy responsible for his family's death. And what's he doing at the end? He's going hunting for more millionaires. He's a, yeah. he's a regular Frank Castle. I I, th- I thought thought that was interesting. You know, it's not is is he out there uh, shooting millionaire billionaires? Sorry, to make the world a better place, or because he's he's still mad, right? And so, uh, it's yeah. that Batman thing, like the reason why Batman doesn't kill is because if I start, I'll never stop, you know. And so he went in with the mission of I just want revenge. I want I want to avenge the death of my innocent family. And then suddenly it wasn't about that anymore, was it? I'll save my uh, gushing over the, the Punisher on Netflix. That was the first version of the Punisher I ever liked because they showed uh, he's he's an extremely damaged person. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he he's not on some righteous quest. He's he's bloodthirsty. Yeah, well. Yeah, Mark Russell, he did it again. He he brought uh, some people together to talk about his comic and a lot of the views that he has and a lot of the views that we have. So uh, if anything, we can say that Mark Russell provides us with some good podcasts. So, hey, if you know Mark Russell, tweet this at him and see if he'll tweet us back. Hey, don't stop talking for me, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, here's what I think of your review or I don't know. But hey, we're we're willing to hear from Mark Russell, by the way. Hey, it's plug time, and you all know what that means. This would be a good time to plug the sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Source Material, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. Evan Bevins. Okay, well, you can uh, check out my blog, asterisk51.blogspot.com. Look at things like maybe me revisiting uh, End of Days after 20 years in honor of uh, the new year. Or at that time, I wrote several things about The Eternals when that movie came out a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. Probably coming off one to five or so uh, posts about Christmas-related comics and uh, movies and other things. And uh, you can check that out a couple times a week to see me uh, musing about different comics, movies, TV shows, things I drew in notebooks in junior high that I never threw away. You just never know what's what's going on. How many more of those Free Willy Fridays do you have left? Like, how many pictures did you draw? No, no, I, it, it ended with 18, and then I uh, did an epilogue where I finally watched the movie Orca, the Killer Whale. Okay, so you're done now? That, that series is now done? Yes, yes it is. Do you have any, from your great repertoire of art, uh, such as your Free Willy Fridays, do you have any more series that you'll be unveiling for the world? I have an entire toy chest that my grandfather made me full of comics I made uh, starting before I could write. Wow. Okay. I expect to see those on Twitter then. Wow. 
Got to dig up Ghostbusters meets the Incredible Hulk uh, one of these days. Nice. Now, Evan, now, see, now, now the gauntlet's been thrown down because now Evan and I are in competition whether he realizes it or not or cares. Because, like, <laughs> I have an entire archive of not just stuff from the BTR days that we're slowly but surely integrating into the new things that we're that we're producing on the W2M network uh, and the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, but also, Jesse, I sent you that list of stuff that ne- that we aired on the W2M network, but there was never a page for on um, on the yeah, website, which is w2mnet.com. So I have two different archives that I'm putting up new stuff daily. Okay. Wow. Plus what we're newly recording, like this podcast here. So balls in your court now, Evan. Let's see who can. Let's see who which archive can be uh, run through first. I bet. I bet. I bet it's gonna take me longer to get my stuff up than it is yours. That's gonna take me longer to get it up than yours. Uh, we. Uh- <laughs> Oh, jeez. We, we were helping. Uh, I was helping my mom move last year, and uh, I uncovered uh, some gems, including the Muppet Babies putting on a play about Christopher Columbus nice. uh, that I drew. I don't know. Don't ask me where that came from. And pages from my visceral reaction to the death of the Incredible Hulk, where I could not stand uh, that the Hulk was dead on on the movie. So uh, I came up with a continuation that I that I even cast, and all, basically it just starts with uh, Dick Van Dyke giving David Banner a job because he looks like a shiftless layabout. (laughs) I just found a meme on Twitter that said, I used to buy comic books at the grocery store. Sure, Grandma, let's get you to bed. That's funny. I've got I've got plenty that are going through my mind right now that I picked up off the rack at a food land right around here in Marietta. I I, I did I did have that that blog on uh, my introduction to What If, which was uh, the only comic carried at the Kroger my stepdad worked at. Oh, what a great comic to be at a store. I so miss good. I miss walking into my neighborhood Seven Eleven my buddies and getting a slurpee and buying a few comics off the uh off the rack in the 7-eleven yeah. don't yeah, you mean the tiamo or that what the heck <laughs> freaking cultured tiamo yeah uh, i know I no, but know. And, and now see that this gives me another idea for a blog because my mom worked at a hospital and they had random comics in the gift shop and she brought me home uh, Fantastic Four 347, which was the introduction of the new Fantastic Four. The uh, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and the Hulk. The Hulk, You're going to have yeah. to do that one day with Evan because that's that, that's another one on his wish list that we never got to. Yeah, that's uh, Mike uh, Mike Waringo. Am I saying that right? No, uh, he, he did a what if. This was this was Art Adams. Oh, okay. All right, what, yeah. What year did that, the, the new Fantastic Four, what year was that? Uh, hang on. That's- I guess you you think i have the the release you think what do you think i am christian 90 i want to guess i want to guess 1991 that sounds like an unspoken issues to me oh it very well could be there's three issues three issues trying to help you here evan i don't know no sorry i'm i'm just naturally um here we go um just naturally what i am just naturally naturally natural look jesse has a lot of rules for unspoken issues so uh 357 47 347 okay i was gonna say that's right three 347 okay so the fantastic four have been defeated they're laying in a pile 
while Ghost Rider, Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man are trying to figure oh, out what to do. somebody's selling it for 35 bucks. I wish I'd picked it up out of that dollar bin now. December of 1990s, the cover date. So that probably oh. puts it, what, like at October, November, probably November. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're not far off. Pretty close. But, but here, Jesse, do you want to know how it gets even more 90s? How? The new Fantastic Four came back two years later in Fantastic Four number 374, where they were assembled as the Secret Defenders. The Secret Defenders! Uh, now that's an issue that's been covered on Unspoken Issues. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, and there's the Punisher. I'm looking at 349, the Punisher right down there in the bottom right corner. Oh, yes. Plug support group. If you oh yeah, yeah. Um, maybe by then I'll have uh, I'll have all the uh, all the pages up. But a uh, support group web comic about a support group for people with lame superpowers. In case your origin doesn't work out the way they show it in the comics, you can find that on Webtoons. Uh, we've got two full issues up. The third one really should be up there by now in January of twenty twenty seven. Uh, the schedule. By the time this so, airs, everything in Billionaire Island may have come true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the seas have risen, and this Shut episode up. got released. I'm trying, man. Um, well, especially in the past year or so, what would happen is stuff would get like moved, taken off the calendar entirely, and I would have like entire months where I had like no content, and I have to scramble to fill it up again. I don't have to do that quite as much anymore because now I have like an endless archive of stuff to, that I can just kind of backfill in if I need to. But yeah, there were there was a period there during the pan during the lockdown and the pandemic. We're just like, hey, the one and only Ivan's going to be on Disney Plus. Anyone want to review that? Sure. I'm not allowed to leave my house. So there was... <laughs> But yes, that's that's also hey, another way at, that Jesse's stuff gets moved up. You know, at, at the rate things are going, FXXXX cubed plus could uh, adapt Billionaire Island for streaming. <laughs> that's, that is true. Mark, okay, let's hear it, man. What do we got on the schedule for January? I don't want to talk about the schedule. I do, however... Okay. <laughs> I do, however, I'm going to do serious plugs, Jesse. Okay. I would like to uh, just plug the website where all of our, or most of our shows are hosted. It's w2mnet.com. That's, excuse me, w2mnet.com. There's usually our most recent stuff at the top, and then it's subdivided into what's new in games, entertainment, which is mostly my category, football, which is actually our sports section. We have a lot of boxing commentaries, especially ones from the past uh, when we weren't putting those up. Now we're putting those up and we're doing new ones. So those go up in the football section. And then we have a lot wrestling. We have wrestling reviews. We have wrestling commentaries. And then there's somebody else's sort of wrestling editorial show that go up there all of our movie reviews television show reviews and album reviews going up in the entertainment section so if you want to keep up with that plus what the other guys are doing there's the the soccer show their video game show there for a while there there was a guy that was covering almost daily the league of legends tournament that was going on uh that's all on the website if you are somebody who likes the just strictly the audio in podcasts and you don't need to see the video just want you to remind you we're on almost any podcaster that's out there spotify apple amazon whatever um listen notes uh like comment and subscribe i know it kills me a little inside to say that out loud but if you subscribe you'll always get the new stuff and you can keep what you want and delete the rest 
comment on these things. It helps the algorithm. It helps us out. It gets us seen. If you like what we're doing, take half a second and, you know, just hit the like button on, on any of this stuff, especially if it's Apple. Please leave a comment. We don't have that many. And like I said, what better way to help us out than to let other people know that you think we're pretty cool. And so just say, hey, I think they're pretty cool. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking for five stars. I'm not asking for four stars. I'm not even asking for three stars. But a comment would be nice, though. These guys didn't give me ear cancer. I'll take that. We are doing live streaming. We're live streaming um, the, the actual shows, but we're also live streaming uh, sports commentaries, boxing, etc. We're going to be doing some other stuff in the future. There's there's talk. We might be doing the Super Bowl halftime show as a live stream. So we'll see. Kind of playing around with it. But we do have a Twitch, and that's the point. It's twitch.tv slash w2mnet. That's twitch.tv slash w2mnet. When we go live on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter etc. This is uh, one of the places that we go to, so you can actually listen and watch the shows as we're recording them, uh, which is something we've never really done before, but we started it a few months ago, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I like doing it now that I've, I have I got pushed into it against my will, so, <laughs> so check out our Twitch, twitch.tv slash w2mnet, and finally, uh, we have a YouTube page, believe it or not. I mean, like, who doesn't have a YouTube page? Well, so do we, and YouTube is where all of our videos are uh, the ones that we live streamed on Twitch. They're also there as well. So if you are one of those people who likes to watch your podcast on YouTube, you can see our pretty faces. You can see Jesse's pretty face, which is usually hiding behind a microphone like he's in the villain from, you know, Inspector Gadget. Um, he, he says, I'll get you next time, my pretty next time as he strokes cat. Um, but you can see Evan Bevan's pretty face. You can see all of us recording our podcast and shows and talking about various things. Uh, and that is YouTube.com slash W2M Network. That's YouTube.com slash W2M Network. W2M Network, uh, wherever you can find it, we're in all the places. Like, comment, subscribe, and you'll know what's going on in our world. That's it. That's all I got. Okay, very good. Well, you're more than welcome to check me out uh, on the Twitter. It's at uh, Stisnarchy. Also, the Source Material Comics Podcast has Twitter. Has a Twitter. It's at Source Matcast. Of course, we got a Facebook out there. You could probably just type that in and find uh, Source Material Comics Podcast on Facebook. Post some post some fun things there. Mark gets on there and posts some stuff about uh, upcoming shows. So please feel free to check that out. Unspoken Issues was mentioned earlier, where uh, it's myself, usually Chris Armstrong, sit down and talk about a 90s comic book or you might catch our unspoken epics which is our new line of shows where we are jumping into some trade paperbacks uh, or some uh, series uh, halloween right around halloween we did our six-part epic of rise of the midnight suns and uh, i'll tell you what check out one of those episodes they're 22 minutes long guaranteed to be <laughs> the best podcast you've ever listened to just based upon the length of the podcast uh but no there's those things. I'm just now getting what you're doing there, you jerk. <laughs> uh, legitimately have 13 minutes, I think, close to 13 minutes on one. So I've got to, you know, Evan and I have been throwing ideas around to get Mark Rattles to kind of sing and maybe pad those out so we can get to that mystical 22. But uh, yeah, be ready. But yeah, you can check that out as well. I think that's it. Uh, we'll go ahead and close up shop here for Evan Bevins for Mark Radlich. I am Jesse Starcher. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. FU Island. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.